RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Linton Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. This is exciting. Yeah. It's my first one of these. I'm in the hot seat. It's good to see I you. I know. Great. Well, it's good to see you. Um, it was good to see you in person five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am excited to be here to do this because the last time I had to um, punt it over to Dan, I think, because I had to um, had a death in the family. Um, so anyway, I'm excited. This is kicking off our... Lent, closing the distance and uh, starting the sermon series. And so, well, my first question really was going to be about your shoes. Did, did you choose them for Lent? If well, people weren't watching, you have to describe what, what they look like. <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're, that's fuchsia. Um, purple-ish <laughs> yeah yeah no and i i think i um you know yesterday morning was so early um i think i think i had thought about you know i should wear those during lent you know uh with the purple stoles and all that so i thought it went fitting i tr- i actually don't think that much about my sh- what I'm, I'm gonna wear it's like i'm just trying to get out of the house um <laughs> uh get here but uh yeah it was it was it was those are a fun pair of shoes i love them they are fun. I, I've, I'm not sure that they fit the less is more theme. <laughs> no, but they were they were super fun. Um, but that is actually what I would like to start with is this less is more theme. What um, kind of sparked that for you and sparked that being uh, why you chose that theme or this theme for Lent mm-hmm. and how that yeah. came about? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, I'm always think i mean just because you know there there's always a need for upcoming sermons there's always going to be another advent another lent another summer that i'm always kind of reading thinking um trying to brainstorm and i keep a running list of potential sermon series and so this year i really felt like you know lent many times i've you know really i've really emphasized kind of repentance maybe um, kind of the darkness of the human experience to reflect on about Jesus's um, journey to the cross. But this year, I just felt like after the past couple of years with the pandemic and COVID, we've had so much darkness that if I felt like it's almost been like kind of a perpetual Lent um, that I didn't want to be too dark, but I also wanted to live into the Lenten story. And okay, 
you know, when we think about repentance, we often think like, of, I think a lot of us, especially who may grew up in uh, churches, there was like a, a, with a lot of guilt or self-flagellation that I wanted to get away from that. I want to say, okay, how repentance is, is not like, we're not like repenting from good things that are making our lives better and making worse, right? We're, we're repenting from things that are inhibiting us from living full lives and really flourish. Um, and so I want to think about areas that, okay, if we have less of them, then we become more human, more of who um, we've been created and who we're called to be. Um, and so I thought, you know, uh, you know, and this idea kind of came up. I almost titled the sermon series, uh, You Need a Shrink, which I referenced yesterday. <laughs> Um, but people t talk me out of it saying it might be a little offensive and might be counterproductive. So I just used that in the first sermon. Um, and then less is more, we thought, got the, got the uh, message across. Yeah, absolutely. And I really, I, I loved this theme. I loved the, the way you introduced it yesterday. I thought it was really powerful. I, I hadn't heard it, so I didn't know where you were going with the you need a shrink. <laughs> and I will admit I was a little nervous. Um, but but I, I really love it. And I, you talked a lot about how um, we've got all of this background noise that is uh, that is the soundtrack kind of of our lives and um, inhibits us from focusing on important things. And uh, you, you specifically referenced a lot of media. And, um, you know, I think media before social media, all of that before or pre-pandemic was the same kind of problem. Um, but I think during the pandemic and now wherever, whatever this is called, um, mm -hmm. it, it all, you know, people were kind of even in their own echo chambers and it became maybe more of the noise that they were hearing because they didn't have a lot of personal interaction. And, and you mentioned in the um, sermon yesterday, you know, that you know, people kind of have these ideas um, and they and they are looking at little boxes on the screen or, you know, a, a somebody's post on Facebook. And it's easy to forget that they're people on the screen. They're actual, you know, they're humans. And it's, you know, you no longer have to, to talk with empathy when you're kind of communicating in that way. And um, you'll you know, we just had a staff retreat where. Um, the pastor leading us kind of talked about in the pandemic, he's seen a um, kind of uh, empathy fatigue and empathy and sympathy fatigue. Do you think, um, how do you feel like the, the pandemic has kind of impacted this already, you know, this, this problem that already was there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think from my experience, it's been kind of on a case by case basis like so I had lunch um last week or two weeks ago with a really good friend of mine who I've known for about 10 years and this is a guy that's he would be call himself an introvert um he's like a, I mean he's probably like the most spiritual person I know meditation and silent retreats and all this and he's like man the past two years have been awesome I've loved it he's like <laughs> he's like this I just sat in my house like I read I meditated and he doesn't have kids or anything. And uh, I was like, God, because the past few years for me have been absolutely miserable. I'm an extrovert, mm -hmm. you know, like 
you know, being trapped in my house, not being able to interact with people was just the, I, I mean, I just hated it and it's been really hard. Um, and so I think for a lot of folks, it's, 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 it's impacted people differently uh, based on personality. And, you know, we've had, you know, now we have two little kids um, and that's just been a lot uh, with two working folks. But I think that the pandemic on top of, you know, all the political strife, um, conversations that are really important um, about matters that even in quote unquote normal times um, take a lot out of us and are really emotional. And so I think that just piling on, there just was very little left. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of our um, ability to empathize with one another. And, um, and I think, so, so bring up media and, and I've been thinking about media for a long time. And actually some of the stuff that didn't come up um, yesterday that was in the background for me is how media shapes us in subliminal ways like mm -hmm. so there was a media theorist back in the 60s and 70s Marshall McLuhan he was famous for saying the medium is the message okay the medium is the message and one of his ideas was just the way things are communicated change and form us as human beings not even like what it's saying and I think what social media does is it causes us to scroll to have constant um uh messages you know flashing at us and so we lose the ability to construct a coherent narrative um, of our lives and i think a lot of people are really wrestling uh, and struggling with that because we're just getting blip 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 and we can't make sense of it mm. how the parts make sense of the whole story um and i don't know about you but there's a lot of homes i go into where they have cable news running in the background 24 seven. They get up in the morning, they turn, I mean, they turn it on when they, it's on all day. And then when they go to bed, they turn it off. Um, some people probably even fall asleep to it. And so if that's the case and you're not paying, what effect does that have on you as a human being? And you're mm -hmm. not even paying attention to it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's it's a good good point and, and certainly um, it kind of goes back into what you're saying what you shared in this sermon series yesterday is the soundtrack you know to your life and if it's what you're constantly listening to that's what's playing over and over in your head whether or not you are intending to do it or not it's that kind of song that's that's happening and influencing you yeah. uh, even and I was just going to say Carrie that like and it's not even. It, it's not even if it's good or bad. I'm not even like making a like right. a moral or evaluative claim about it. I'm just saying the fact it's on all the time, what, and you're not thinking about it. You're not making a choice. Like mm -hmm. what is that doing to us? And the, and what I was hoping to do, and this is kind of the Walker Percy, the search idea is raising our awareness that this is happening. And that I have a choice to decide <laughs> how I'm going to be impacted. And by, and by raising our consciousness to that level, then we get to make decisions about our lives that I think hopefully will make us more human and more flourishing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I'll say this, I, I was 
going to move on to another topic, but I kind of even on that that thought, I was thinking in your sermon yesterday, um, Jason and I have been uh, reading, I've told you this, we're reading the Bible chronologically this year, and part of that is we're listening to it, mm-hmm. and so instead of listening to other podcasts or things that I've been doing when I'm walking or whatever, I've been listening to the Bible and then this podcast that goes with it, and I have noticed, um, being kind of intentional about that, I have noticed how much more often I am reflecting back when things are happening in lives in my life, reflecting back to scripture and this podcast, because that's what I'm, if I'm listening to something, that's what it is right now. Cause I'm trying not to get behind Jason. I are also very competitive. And so (laughs) I love it Get behind. Um, But I was, I was thinking about that yesterday when we were talking about it, just making that we, we made that, uh, not with this in mind, but that, sh- that intentional choice to, Hey, this is what we're going to listen to. And we listen to other things, but that's something we're being intentional about. And that has, that has shifted um, some of the way I'm thinking, because that's kind of in the background. That's really um, interesting. I think that's a really cool idea. And um, I've, you know, toyed around with trying to do maybe that as a congregation, like mm-hmm. the Bible in a year. Cause I just think a lot of us assume that every- I actually remember Carrie, you get a kick out of this. I remember getting into seminary class uh, and I took the uh, the New Testament survey class and the professor mm-hmm. was like, we're not going to read through the New Testament. I'm going to assume you've all read the Bible. And then you could see students kind of look around at each other. And then he's like, you've all read the Bible, haven't you? And I, <laughs> was going, I haven't read, you know, and, and I grew up in a fundamental kind of a fundamentalist household, you know, like mm-hmm. the Bible was the thing and we read through yeah. the Bible all the time. So I was well situated, but for a lot of us, if we're not familiar with it, how is it going to form our lives? How can God speak to us through it if we don't even know it? Absolutely. And I think it, uh, you know, deciding, you know, what you're putting in, what you're listening and what's where you're, uh, what you're allowing to come in really is what you're allowing to be that, that soundtrack Mm -hmm. of your life, that background noise. Um, well, shifting gears just a little bit, you brought up um, Paul and Paul being in prison. And, and this is, and you were talking about learned helplessness, but you're talking about, you know, he he's in prison. He really is helpless, but he's still living into his call. And one of the things that he he said right off the bat is um, he mentions being humble, and um, and I. I'm wondering, what does it look like to be humble and maintain uh, unity of spirit, even when we disagree? Mm-hmm. So it's shifting gears a little bit. Um, and, and part of that question comes from, and I probably should have said this, is at the end of the sermon, you, you went through um, with some things that can, we can help, uh, can mm-hmm. help us to uh, live into this idea that less is more and living into our call and being humble and having empathy for one another. And uh, you've said, you know, engage in two news with two different news sources. Uh And if you disagree, you know, why might this be compelling to someone else, even if you don't agree? Um, So I was thinking about all of that when I was thinking, well, what does it look like then when you you aren't agreeing with others to um, to come in with a with a posture of humility, but also then looking at what it means 
to be unified in Christ, even when we disagree and disagree sometimes, uh, you know, pretty profoundly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, okay. A couple of a lot of things. (laughs) No, no. And I think you're hitting it like one of the crux of the matter. Okay. In, I will say first in the reformed tradition, Presbyterian um, ism, we like to fight. We're very good at fighting and starting new denominations and breaking off and splintering. I think at my last time I counted, there were seven over 700 reformed and Presbyterian denominations in the world. Okay. So, and if you follow how that kind of splinters, it's really interesting. So one of the things I think we have to say is, can we give and can we give reasons for why we believe something? Okay. And if we can give reasons and that somebody else can give reasons why they might believe something, it becomes reasonable, right? By definition, because we can give reasons for it. Now, the thing is coming to an agreement is saying, okay, what are your reasons? What are my reasons? And, and where do we agree? So where do we, so as we, as we have a conversation, okay, um, where do we go down? Do we finally find a common basis of agreement? That could be um, the God was in Jesus Christ reconciling the world to himself. God is love. Um, uh, all of us bear the image of God. You know, uh, if we're, if we're uh, disagreeing about um, how, um, how people should be treated, well, we agree that God is love and God calls us to love. Okay, we, that's what we agree. Now, what does love look like? Okay, that we might have a disagreement about. Okay, well, why do you think love is this? Why do you think love is this? And then we, ha- we come to an agreement, uh, hopefully. Right. The way we, um, so, so, but the thing is, is like for a lot of us, uh there's an old radiohead song it was like i might be wrong and i think for a lot of us admitting that fact that i might be wrong is really hard and especially for those of us that might wrestle with pride um <laughs> that somebody not, else <laughs> not you <laughs> somebody not um, that i might be wrong that i may be mistaken and i think um in our tradition we try to really emphasize our what what a total depravity that and that doesn't mean that we're all evil it just means that we're broken people that we're not always right we're um we kind of have a fractured um view of the world and so i think admitting that fact and i think it's just much more interesting to live in a world where you go i might be surprised today and i might learn something new Mm -hmm. i you know i'm gonna read i'm gonna read a book and I'm going to hopefully find something that I didn't know before I read it or, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, or, or a person that, you know, that, you know, I, I learned about you and Jason, you know, you know, your competitive Bible reading, you know, who knew? <laughs> also, when you say that, I feel so nerdy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think what is, where there's that wisdom in that second little nugget you gave us at the end of the sermon is engage with two different types of news sources or places you're getting your information. Because I think that, um, it, you know, I think what's natural for people, or at least this is my experience, is what's natural is to engage with things that you agree with <laughs> or that you, you know, 
there, you know, somebody that's on the same uh, page as you about different things. And so you're, you're engaging there and, and it's, um, you're not engaging with something that you think is, well, that's totally outside of what I think or not my, you know, preference. Right. Um, And so I, I think there is a lot of wisdom and that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but just listening, listening. Well, Carrie, you know, like um, I recently got a new iPhone and when you're setting up your iPhone, it gives you like, it says select the publications you want to um, get your news from, or like this show up in the Apple news feed. Well, you know, initially I was like, well, I'm going to pick the ones I want to read, the ones I like, the ones I want to read. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, what good is this if I'm only reading what I want to read? What, what about the congregation? What are they reading? What are my friends reading? And so then I went through and picked kind of some non-standard news, uh, or for me, places I normally wouldn't go. And so now I'm, and I'll get news flashes. I'll be like, huh, I wouldn't have known about this if it weren't Mm -hmm. uh, that I had chosen uh, to get my news from some places that I usually would. And I think that's really, I think we've just so bifurcated and um, just so stratified as a society. Um, We really need to work to listen to one another and hear, uh, especially people who are different. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, it's good to hear different perspectives and, you know, it, it struck me um, when you were sharing, you know, when we're listening to news there, the news is not uh, whatever station you're listening to is not usually coming into it with a, maybe a, a posture of humility or asking the question, where might I be wrong? It's kind of the opposite, right? Hey, we're presenting you with what we think is fact or right or whatever it is. Um, and, and, uh, so we're, we're kind of, it's, we're not in this, uh, I guess, uh, we don't typically ask where am I wrong, whether, whether it's pride or whatever. And I was, uh, I shared with you my Bible studies reading, um, Rachel held Evans wholehearted faith. And, um, she, for those of you that don't know, as an author, she passed away a couple of years ago, but was a really uh, just valuable voice in modern theology. Um, and she, one of the questions she started with in a lot of conversations is where might I be wrong? And I think that you hit on that, of course, with Radiohead, obviously they were <laughs> at their time. Um, but, you know, asking that question even when we're, we are reading and researching and doing those things. And I think that um, when we do that, it, it allows opportunity for us to even uh, grow more or uh, think about things in different ways. And it, it may or may not change, you know, what you think at the end of the day, but absolutely. I, I wonder what the world would be like if we all started with that. Yeah first out of the gate. Well, and, um, and one of the things, you know, people talk about, um, how, uh, vitriolic our argumentation is now in our society. And one of the reasons I brought up that John Locke, um, mm-hmm. a letter concerning toleration is it's been a lot worse in the past. Um, right. and, and I, while I, th- 
and as I said yesterday, I think toleration is um, is at a minimum what we need to learn to do. But that's really it's what we might call a pseudo virtue. Um, that that, a, that a, a theological virtue would be forbearance that we bear with one another. Um, and I think as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to do that, um, not. Uh, not out of obligation, but because God has done that for us in Jesus. Um, so it's a real theological grounding. I'm, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was my my last question is that's your final bullet point and those those list of four things that you gave us to kind of help us uh, work through this. The, the last one was ask yourself if God is calling you to bear another's burdens. And of course, this is what Christ has done for us. And I'm wondering if you can give us some practical examples of what that might look like when we're trying to discern God's call. Certainly it'll be different for everybody, but what does it look like to bear one another's burdens this day and age? What does that forbearance uh, look like? So, okay, let's, let's do some practical examples from my own life. <laughs> um, so let's say, uh, don't send any angry emails. If you get an email from somebody and you it makes you angry and you're gonna you're gonna type, you know, a response, type it, but then put it in your draft folder and wait 24 hours and return to it. And I almost guarantee you, you'll be like, "I'm glad I didn't send that," you know, um, like, oh, on on Saturday we went to um, we went to brunch with my mother-in-law, and she was in a different car, and the way the traffic was, I was watching her pass. And she stopped to talk to me. Well, the guy behind her starts honking his horn at her, like move, move. And I mean, I got so angry at him. I would, I, I was, I mean, I, I almost didn't preach yesterday. I was going to be in prison because <laughs> I was so angry. And I was like, Jeff, chill out. And, you know, Courtney's like, Jeff, it is not worth you going over and telling him what's up. Cause he had, this guy ended up at the same restaurant we were at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was really worked up <laughs> mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and so dude just chill like you don't need to say you don't it, always need to be right or prove your point mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. I think uh um being surrounded by people that can call you on your stuff that you trust you know that some you know whether it's a spouse for a lot of us for some it's friends who can just say hey man I don't think you're right about that um, or, and you, and you say, you know what, I think, or they can say, you need to revisit and rethink that. Um, I think having a community, I hope that's what the church can be for one another, that we're a place where we can go, Hey, you know, uh, pastor Jeff, I don't, you weren't really, <laughs> you weren't really embodying the virtues of, uh, you know, of Christ that you're called to, or, um, Jeff, you were wrong in your sermon. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people I remember somebody one time I was preaching and I talked about like a reference, like Harry Potter. And like, I, I called, like, I got two characters mixed up. I had like three students call me out and correct me from the congregation in the middle of the sermon. And I was like, I was so irritated. Cause I was like on a roll and they're like, no, that Jeff, that's, it's not professor McDonagall. It's somebody else. And I was like, I was so, but I was like, Hey, I'm glad they felt comfortable to correct me. I was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think um, just being, trying to be patient with one another and um, 
and care about one another. And I think, um, and the other thing is, I think we have to be in relationships where people know that our love for them goes deeper than our disagreements, mm-hmm. that we care about them um, and that we love them and want the best for them, um, even when we disagree. And so that means really affirming, um, being people that can express our love um, in appropriate ways. So I think that, 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 that that's what I think I'm trying to strive for. I, and I think that's what it's all about, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is awesome. And I think that's a great um, place to end too. I think, you know, I think let all that we do be done in love. And, mm. and certainly that points to Christ, but it, it does allow us to, to live like Christ wants us to ultimately. Amen. Well, thank you right. so much, Carrie. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a good time. Good time. It, it is so fun. All right.